the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. Well, hi there, and welcome to Lifeline, our it's our Truth For Today edition, of course. Uh, fourth Friday of the month, we get to sit with you and spend time talking about things that uh, come right from God's Word and ideas and thoughts that God's laid on our heart to discuss with you. And before we dive into tonight, what we thought we would do is give you an update of what's going on at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Obviously, we originate from there. Pastor Phil Howard is the uh, Pastor Emeritus tonight. Larry Howard is our uh, stand-in guest host uh, who's going to walk us through the evening. But as we begin tonight, what I thought we'd do, Larry, is give folks an idea of things that are going on at Valley Bible Church. And uh, obviously, if you are not churched or if you are looking, uh, this might be a, a, a moment to encourage you to maybe come by and pay us a visit. So, we, Because there is, uh, there's an awful lot going on here. I mean, there's hardly a time when there isn't, but there's a lot going on. Boy, that's the truth. I, I, you know, ever, when I first got involved in ministry, I was told that we just got to get through this season and it'll slow down. Right. Oh, oh, I hate that term. And, uh, that was, I, what I found out was that was about as deceiving as, as Satan was in the Garden with oh, Eve there. I tell you. Uh, boy, there is never a time um, at Valley or I think any church that's worth its salt um, where there's a downtime. There, it's there is. always going. It's always yeah. going. And that's just ministry. And we, we love it. And, and here at Valley, we, uh, we are doing tons of stuff this summer, um, ministries that God has um, for sure put his hand on and blessed. And um, we have a, right now, we just finished up our summer night camp. We had about a 250 children that show up at every night with their parents dropping them off and trying to go have some sanity while we're right. handling their children. Mm-hmm. But we watched uh, 25 kids. Had that camp uh, express their need for Christ, and um, we believe that they've been converted. And uh, and so, having been saved when I was five, I love that. I love the fact that children can come to Christ early on in life, and perhaps not make a, a ton of mistakes that they would make if they weren't right. in Christ. Yeah. So we had that going on, and uh, wow, incredible part about that. You know, we're we're fixing to go through a series here uh, coming starting on Sunday. Uh, well, actually, we just started it last Sunday, and it will continue uh, this next Sunday. But on serving, and uh, you know, it's interesting. I was talking to a young guy that's only been at Valley for about a year. He's studying to be a pastor himself. He's in seminary and all that. And so he said to me, he says, well, do we need to talk about serving? Because it's like we had 175 people involved in the summer night camp, adults or high school students, because a lot of our high school students and even middle school students helped us in that camp. But that was a wonderful thing. And we also have a thing called uh, bungee soccer around here for our middle school students. And right. that, that is a hilariously fun thing to watch. <laughs> and it's got to be even more fun to play it as a kid because that bungee 
stops you. You can only go so far and boing, you go back the other way. But that's kind of a fun deal. Our middle school students, um, and they just came back from camp, and I think we had three three or four that saved got saved there at camp. And so God's at work. And we also have... Um, on our Thursday nights, I think it's Thursday nights, or is it Tuesday nights? Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights, we have um, what we call Volleyball Madness. Mm-hmm. And that is a ministry that has grown. That's for our high school students. And um, that has really grown. Um, I think they have 140 students participating in that. Last year, it was around 100. So it grew like 40%. Right. In one year, and uh, we're just looking at God continuing to do that. And every week, um, high school students hear a testimony, or from a somebody who's uh, maybe college age, who mm-hmm. they respect because they're so close to them in age, right? And they get to share who Christ is in their life and what he's how he's changed them, and so just wonderful stuff. But right now, we're we just finished up First Corinthians, uh, not fully, but we were through four chapters so we're taking a little break during the summer and uh, we've got a four week series on serving and um, kind of one of the things I want to talk a little bit about tonight with you if we can yeah, and no, we so we have that and then we're going to come out of that and do a discipleship uh, series and get ready to start our small groups because we kind of run on a school year around and I think right. most churches do and so that's our calendaring and and then when we come back in after Labor Day we will start back up with First Corinthians and start with chapter 5 and move on so just a little bit of stuff happening Right, you right. Know. There's a lot of things going on, especially for the youth, and and you you, you mentioned it just a moment ago, but to, to just to clarify for the adults, uh, mm-hmm. kind of a break during the summer once school is back in, uh, home groups, anything yeah. else going on, any other discipleship programs you're going to fire up? Yeah, we have. Um we, we'll start to do, we have like six core classes that we like to take everybody through from Valley. That's our, our goal is that everybody would go through those. Some of them are on finances. Some will be how to share your faith, uh, communication. I say communication in marriage, but I think communication overall is something because whatever you're communicating in your marriage also functions really well if you communicate that way out in public with everybody. Right. Because those are the, you know, the four laws of communication are true whether you're married or not. Yeah. You got to be yeah. honest with one another. You need to stay current. You need to attack the problem and not the person. And then you need to be take action and not always be reacting. Those are like the four laws. And so we we will run through those. We'll do one on conflict resolution. Um, I think we have a new believers one that starts this this coming. Well, it starts in August. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's the second week in August. Is that that'll be going on? And so um, and we're super excited. We have a, a Timothy class that is uh, helping develop leadership as Paul developed Timothy into leaders. Right. We have a class similar to that that's going on. We have about a dozen young men in that. So what does that look like? That that is. Um, so I think it's a biweekly, and they're going through doctrinal positions in Scripture. They're going through what it means to be a leader. Um, started off with just very basic stuff on, um, you know, uh, stealing a lot of thoughts from O. Howard Hendricks there on his living by the book. Right. You know, where we did methodical Bible study and how to how to dig in and observe and you know exegete and apply everything. Kind of the old. Yeah theory of how you put a sermon together pretty much and um so we got young men in there and the goal on that of course is um i do not feel really old 
because um, I started here at Valley when I was. You, you haven't looked in the mirror lately? No, no. I try to. I, at, at my age, I avoid mirrors. You, you no, I both, think. Brother. I think what happens is um, I started here at Valley when I was fourteen. Yeah, and now I'm sixty-five. So now I realize sixty-five. They start sending you all kinds of stuff for Medicare and all that. Yeah, and I really thought I was doing pretty good until I started getting all that stuff. I go, I guess I'm getting really old because everything how I, did get I get is get on all AARP's yeah, like list. Yeah, where did that come from? But you know, I th- I think that the goal for us is um, I do realize that uh, me and several of the elders that are on our council right now in ten years we probably won't be the guys you right. know we'll, and so we are incorporating younger men um, that not does not have to be a pre qualifying thing but we're looking at younger guys and um, I'd like to be able to hand off this ministry to guys in their 40s maybe that are going to have a little bit of room to run yeah passing the keys along passing passing the torch if you will or the mantle or however you want to call that and um, we've got a couple of uh, a couple guys on staff that are in those age categories one of our um, one of our Associate pastors is like 42 um, and a really highly qualified young man. And so we're we're looking at the future as a real blessing. And God's just here at Valley. God's just blessing our socks off. We're growing. Uh, We probably have 150 new people in the last year or so that have come to Valley. And so God's blessing it. And we just we continue to do the things that we say our vision is to know Christ and to share his love passionately yeah and i think that's biblical and as long as we do that and then do the things that the church is supposed to do not what the world's supposed to do but what the church is supposed to do we really believe god will continue to bless the ministry even though our founding pastor retired four years ago right you know we're seeing people come that were never here before it's amazing when you suddenly realize and look around that that there's you know, maybe a third of your people don't even know who the founding senior guy was. Right. You yeah, know, and you're like, yeah. wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and they keep coming. And so praise God for that. We're continuing to pray for that. And God's meeting the financial needs of the church. And just we're excited. We're excited to see. I I looked at one of our guys. I think I told the elders this in an elder council meeting or maybe it was elders and deacons. I said, as I look at this, because, you know, this is what I eat, drink, breathe and sleep. As I look at it, I just see, um, it, it, pardon this expression, but it's as though you're looking at a pregnant mom who's about nine months pregnant. Yeah. You're just seeing, man, that birth is going to come. Now, I, I'm hoping that new births will come in our community and our church will grow from that. But it just feels like the lid is about to come off this place yeah. and that God's going to do some incredible things. And so we're excited. And um and, and so I know we probably need to go to commercial break. I've talked a lot. We do. You, you just, man, he, he does bloviate, doesn't he? Yeah. I do. <laughs> bloviate. I'm glad you put the V8 on there because that's. <laughs> oh, we do need to take a quick time out. But it's an amazing setup for what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Is And that is the series you began this past Sunday on uh, servanthood and what it means to be a servant. So yeah. we'll take a quick time out, pay some bills. And when we come back, we will continue Lifeline here on KFAX, our Truth For Today edition with your guest host, Pastor Larry Howard. 
And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And welcome back. It is uh, Lifeline, our Truth For Today edition. Pastor Larry Howard is our guest from Valley Bible Church in Hercules tonight. They are guest host, I should clarify. Uh, we began talking about some of the things that are going on at Valley Bible Church. And obviously, there are a lot of things that are happening, which kind of leads into where you guys are at, at least from the pulpit on Sundays, uh, starting this last Sunday, on a series on servanthood. And, you know, if you listen to certain statistics, you know, there's 20% of the church doing 80% of the job while 80% of the church sits and watch, you know, watches. Um, There's a lot to be said for servanthood. And I think it's a lost, for lack of a better term, a lost art in the church, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I had this theory about serving, um, and I think everybody kind of does this. A new believer coming in, you don't know really anything about Christ. You know that he's died for you. You know that he was God, and you follow those because you have to know those in order to be saved. But you you know that, but there's so little that you know about him at that point. And I think, boy, it's good. Plug in. Um, We would love for you to start serving even then, just because it's such a byproduct of knowing Christ is to serve him. But I I think that for my own self to my own disgrace, if you will, or whatever, but I think that it's just kind of what we do. There's a period of time in, in Christian lives where we come to church to see what others can do for us. Yeah. You know, how can you serve me? Right. I, I'm, I'm coming to church today. What do you got for me? So what's on the menu, that type of thing. And then there comes a time in your life where you get outside of that drinking milk and you start taking some solid food in and you start going to church to see who you can serve or how can I serve or who can I encourage today? Who can I pray with? Who can I? And what's interesting is if everybody comes to church with that attitude, not the first attitude, but the second attitude, then I don't have to worry about being served. Right. At all. I came to serve, but if everybody came to serve, we're all being served at the same time. Yeah. And I just, the example that I preached on last week was I used the example in Philippians 2 there of Christ coming. Right. And serving us. And his whole point in coming was to serve. And then we have, you know, he actually said that, I believe. I did not come to be served. I came to serve. serve. And, um, you know, I just went back. Um, I haven't hardly vacationed at all for the last five years, uh, COVID, all the different things. But in the last three months, I've gone away three weeks in the last three months, which is crazy. Um, but I, I went to my niece's uh, wedding back in Virginia. And um, her mom uh, is, well, I just lied. She's not really my niece. She's actually a second cousin. But I've been Uncle Larry to her since she was born. And right. her, her, her mother, who's my cousin, has always considered me her brother. Right. Okay. So I go back there, and I arrived early. I didn't go just to the wedding. I went early. And I had called up Deborah, And I told her, I said, Deborah, I'm coming. And you tell me if you need me to come earlier. Because I want to come and help you, you know. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't doesn't have to be just church. It can be in other areas of your life. Right. And that's kind of something I brought out in the sermon I preached last week is that it's about like being a servant is 
who you are. It's not just being something. It's not acting as something. It's permeating you. You can't function without serving. But I told her when I got there, she goes, would you mind doing this? I said, look, I told you, and I'm going to steal the line from Christ. I came to help serve, not be served. I didn't come to Virginia for you to you know, dote on me. Right. I came to help you accomplish something beautiful for your for your daughter. I hope. Right. And so I, I just kicked in and helped, and it was a blast. Except that I, um, I've told the other people this. I ended up they didn't have a videographer for this. They, they kind of came down. They were out of money, so they didn't have enough for the videographer. So she says, "Can you help me by filming just like with your phone?" And I'm like, "Sure." We could do that. So then it was like, yeah, I've asked other people, but I really want you to do that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. So I was telling Chuck and the other guys, I said, I flew all the way to Virginia to watch my little niece get married through my phone case. There you go. <laughs> like, but you know what? I had a great time doing it. Loved it. So I think there's that. But I, I um, to serve, I've said this for years, because um, once you start serving, once you start serving, there's such joy in it. There really is. And there's, it's, it's, I go, you know, here we are, Ephesians, going back to Ephesians 2 here. He said we were workmen, and he had something designed specifically for you. Yeah. And it's, I believe when you, when you study that out, if you dig into that, he means specifically designed for you, the individual. Right. You know, so um, when he saved you, you were dead. And he made you alive by grace through faith but then he gave you something to do on top of that specifically for Andy Froilan who happens to be very talented a very godly man very biblically strong guy and that's you Andy you know that <laughs> oh, I, there's nobody behind me yeah no but 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 here's the thing but then he gave you gifts to be able to talk on the radio and make people right. like myself feel very comfortable yeah. in conversing and we have Chuck Ladebaudier who's the guy that helps run this radio thing from Valley's standpoint well God's given him gifts and talents that he didn't give me yeah but it's amazing to me because like you can't do what he did, what he set up my gifts are, what, right. what he wants me to do, right. and I can't do what you know. It's just and so the body has to come together and work. It's knit together. And, but Christ gave us such a wonderful example there in Philippians. Excuse me, in, in uh, yeah, was it Philippians? Yeah, Philippians yeah, two. Yeah, I'm sorry, lost my mind there for a second. Yeah, Philippians two there, and just hey, who gave up? Who what? Who was in a form of being God? And he's. And he was. Yeah. He, he still he yeah. still is. Still is. But he took on this form of being a servant. Yeah. And I'm like, man, alive. By very nature, he was God. And he did not give that nature up. Right. He, he just said, I'm not going to utilize it. Yeah. Exactly. I'm still going to be God, but I'm going to set aside that. I'm going to empty myself of all the things I can do. And then, you know, of course, there's the argument that comes from people who don't understand that passage, maybe. Well, what about all those miracles and all that? And then you have to remind them that the Father is the one who allowed those miracles to take place through the Holy Spirit. Jesus emptied himself. He emptied himself. For the purpose of having the Father express himself through him. Right. So I think we were talking off off air about um, the, the fact that what what's going on there is that Christ is saying, "This is who I am." Right. But I didn't come to be that. I came to show you what you can achieve right. as a man. Right. If you let God use you, yes. you can achieve great things. Even well, how does that happen? If, than these. Yeah, but how does that happen if you're not serving? <laughs> it doesn't happen. Yeah. And so what's and I, and this is something that we talk about. What stops you? 
from serving? I think I asked that question on Sunday. What stops you from serving? Is it because you feel like you're above it? It's, it's self. I mean, it's it's Jesus. Now we're back in Philippians two again, Philippians aren't we? Two, yes. He he emptied. The only way we'll be able to serve is if we empty ourselves of ourself and take on the form of a servant. And and again, you know, the nature of a servant. I I, I like what one of our favorite uh, commentators has said about that. That uh, you know, we misunderstand form more often than oh not. yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, we think oh yeah, you, you two arms, two legs, shape, shape. Yeah, we call shape. shape yeah. yeah, but rather and. The illustration he used was, well, that athlete was in great form today. Right. You know, the essence of who he is as an athlete showed up in spades that day. Yeah. Right. You know, so, yeah, it's, what, you know, it's just what is, being and selfless. What did, and what did Paul say there? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain, vain conceit. conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking at your own interests, but at the interests of others. And what did Christ do? Yeah. He never did his own interests. He fulfilled the will of the Father. Even his very words, he said, were not his own. He was only speaking what the Father told him to speak. I mean, there's some humility there. Wait, wait. And he's just like the Father. Yeah. In every way. Yeah. But he submits to that and says, I'm humble enough that I will. And I'm telling you, uh, there's a line. I think Spurgeon said it. Which, of course, if you quote Spurgeon, you're, you're, you're a genius. Um, so this might be the smartest thing I say. <laughs> it's something to the nature of come humbly before the Lord and come so low that when you talk with the Lord, you can taste the dust. Yes. Yeah. It's a wonderful statement he made. And I'm thinking Christ came humbly. And what happens in verse 9 through 11? God exalts him. And I'm thinking the example of Christ there is that when you serve, what does he say? Is it in James where he says, if you come humbly, I will exalt you in due time. In due time. In and due I season. think that's in yeah. James. It's, is it Peter? Peter. Five. Yeah. Yeah, it's Peter. Five. Okay. First Peter, not second. <laughs> and so when you, when you look at that, I think, wait a minute, everything that Christ did is an example of what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. I'm not ever going to be just like him. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I know that. Right. But there's examples of what I can do. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, we all are capable of serving God at levels that we would never imagine for ourselves. Right. And and I, th- I think we can deal with this on the other side of the break. It also takes us then to the cross as well, because oh, just to absolutely. imitate Jesus for imitation's sake, we can't do it. Yeah. We're Suffering? Fail. Suffering? Yeah. How many want to suffer? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Quick time out. We need to take a break. This is Lifeline with Pastor Larry Howard, our Truth For Today edition tonight here on the radio program. We're going to take a quick break. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We are back. It's Lifeline. And Pastor Larry Howard, our, our guest host tonight on Truth For Today, edition of Lifeline here on KFAX. By the way, you can catch us, Truth For Today, here on KFAX, Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, 8.30 in the morning on Sundays, and also truthfortodayradio.org. A great place to go and find out a little bit more about us. Yeah, that's wonderful that 8:30 
on Sundays, you can be listening to that as you roll up at the 9 o'clock service. Here yes, you can. <laughs> exactly. Get your double dose right yeah, there. Yeah, that's a twofer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a double mint gum. <laughs> two, two, two mints in one. Two yeah. mints in one. There you go. There you go. So we're talking about service, servanthood, and all of that. And you, you're, and and I, I want to let you finish up. You had a great illustration while we were w- going through that break uh, here in the studio. And I want you to share that again because it really does help. Um, service and servanthood is really, a lot of folks would look at it and go, man, I just don't have time. It's not a priority. It's the, 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 you got a thousand and one excuses not to get involved. But really, there are some amazing reasons to get involved, aren't there? There really is. I, I think you know, it's interesting. Those are when you were saying that. I just thought of the one, the one that I think happens in churches of valley size, and maybe even churches larger than us, is the one where people come and they're fairly new to the church, and they look around and they see all of the events that are happening and all the things, all the ministries that are taking place, and they think, well, they don't need my help. Well, yeah. Plus, there's a there's a big staff already, so we're right. thinking, okay, yeah. the staff's got it handled because right. they're huge, and the staff. And the twenty percent, as we talked about that twenty eighty rule earlier, that that twenty percent um, is running around their tongues, hanging out, yeah. trying to accomplish all those events, and we desperately need help. And then I thought about it: what if we had a hundred percent of the people doing the job? that is necessary how much more could we do first of all but even then if we did have everything covered i would suggest that if we had everything covered where you couldn't serve you'd find another church then yeah because you're god saved you to serve and not to sit on the sideline and one of my the illustration i just used with you guys off is something i've used so it, it was helpful for me to understand it better was i think that when you first get saved um, you're so excited, or at least I hope you're excited about that. Um, <laughs> if you're not, I'm wondering if you really put your true faith and trust in Christ. But right. but when you get saved, it's I I compared it to being in rapids, and you know you added to it like cat four or five, like these really really high intense. You're just flying down the water, and everything's fun, and you're running into rocks, and you don't even care. You just keep going. And that takes place for a while in your life, and you start to grow, and you start to learn about Christ, and you start to really, really grasp things. And then somewhere along the line, I don't know, it's not always the same for everybody, but wherever that is, you find yourself dumping out of that rapids into a large body of water that slows down and is more still. Yeah. And um, But there's a current in that water still. And if you stay in that current, it will deliver you to the other side of that large body of water where there's a whole other set of rapids. Right. And that rapids is never ending. It just keeps going. It doesn't, you don't run out and run into a body, body of water later. It right. just keeps moving. nonstop. And I think that's service. I think when you're, if you're not careful, you learn things about Christ. You start learning about Christian life. And if you're not in service, I don't think you're implementing what you've learned. Yeah. You just haven't. And so, and I think that you're being cheated if we don't use you. Mm-hmm. If, if it's our job as elders and as leadership in the church to allow usage. Uh, I <laughs> we, think Paul uses the word equip. Equip. Yeah. We're equipping you not to sit on the sideline. Exactly. Yeah, I don't, you know what's interesting? I never needed any equipping to sit on the sideline. <laughs> no, you don't. No, not at all. Where's Where's the popcorn? Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Who's got the popcorn ministry? But to be equipped so that I can do 
And if we do that and then don't use you, that's we're not fulfilling what God said to do either. Yeah. And so I just think that there's and and back to that again. If we're, you know, if if a hundred percent of the ministries are a hundred percent equipped and we don't need you, yeah, you probably need to find another church where you can be used. Right. Because He didn't save you to sit. And so, um, and we talked about that a little bit earlier, Ephesians 2.10 there, where he says that there's a work specifically for you that he intends to do. And um, that just means that none of you guys, none of the people from Valley can do what God equipped me to do or what right. my ministry is in his mind. And that means I can't do what he's intended for you. And that's a right. wonderful thing. But yet we need... Everyone, each one has a chief, yeah, right. And so I think, um, but I think it all starts with that humility in my mind, that humbleness that it takes. You have to humble yourself and say, "Hey, I'm willing to go to work, and I'm willing to give up my rights to go to work." (laughs) And I I, I would add to this, and I'll let you address it a little bit more. Um, The level of humility will show up in the level of perceived success or non-success, not necessarily failure, but uh, perceived non-success in service. In other words, so it's it's always exciting when you start. It's better to give than to receive. And man, that, sure. watching a kid open up a present you give them and watching their face is, is thrilling. It, it, right. But what right. do you do when when you know you feel the Lord tugging on you to say, "Hey, I want you to I want you to get a Big Mac and a, a meal for this homeless guy over here." And you're not going to see the benefits of this. You're not going to see. Usually, you're not going to see and get that, quote unquote, servants high off of a lot of folks that you serve. A lot of times it's going to be um, perceived uselessness. Right. How do you how do you get past that when when you're feeling like your service is not being received the way you think it should yeah, I think there's an interesting there's an interesting aspect of that. I just I was just talking with a couple of ladies here in our church that come in every week. They don't get paid. They come in to serve and they serve in our kids ministry. And one of them is famous for going through every classroom and organizing everything in it. All the pencils get resharpened. All the crayons get sharpened. They're all put back in the bins like they're supposed to be so that when the teacher comes in, it's ready to go. They don't have to worry about any of that. Someone else took care of it. That person, nobody even knows she's doing that. Right, right. Right? And so, and and guess what? Her reward is not here. If you get your reward here, then you've received your reward and you're done. Yes. So there's no reward in heaven for stuff that you got accolades for here. It's the one thing that scares me about preaching is when people come up and say, hey, great job. I want to go. Don't tell me that here. I want to hear God say that to me, please. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And I think there's that. that. That is true, too, even with Christ, with all his suffering and all the stuff that he did. He received a reward of his names above every name. He sits at the right end of the, you know, you just start thinking about it. Yeah. The reward that's there. Yeah. And I'm like, and so I think my top reward that I could ever receive would be if I just could hear God say, well done, good and faithful serv- servant. Yes. You notice that. Not well done, good and faithful child. Not well done, good and faithful Christian. No. Well done, good, good and faithful, faithful servant. servant. Yes. And I think, I'm not sure if that's Huperatus or if that's Dulas. I think it's Huperatus in that particular uh, section, which is the under rower. Right. You know? And yeah. so, the I think guy so not, can't see the one. So these two ladies you're talking about are, are those Huperatus, right. the, the under rowers. They can't 
see the water. They don't see the and water. Anybody above the water can't see them. Exactly. And so, and the other lady, I'd be remiss not to say what she does. This lady comes in, and whatever our kids ministry. Uh, uh, leader, director, who's Andrea Hazel, who does all of that, who does a marvelous job for her team. But we do this Candy Kingdom thing coming in October. And I came in this week, and this lady's already got candy. And she's already put, we put a Bible verse on every piece of candy that we hand out. There's right. a Bible verse on it. And so... She's already in here, starting to do that. And I said, are you doing Bible verses already? She goes, we're going to hand out, you know, 80,000 pieces of candy. So we've got to get them, you know, we've got to get it going. But again, behind the scenes, and I know both of these women, and they would absolutely die if you asked them to get up and speak. Right. <laughs> like that yes. is not their forte. Yes. But I'm thinking, how, there's so many areas that you can serve in. Yes, so many areas, and what what I think is troublesome a little bit as a pastor or even as a fellow just believer is when when you say, "Well, I can't do that," or "I I don't know what I don't know what my gift is," or "I don't know what I'm like." Well, let's see. You're not going to find out what your gift is unless if you, you try don't something. Try. Yeah. You have to start doing something. Yeah. And the number one category there for me is not what you're trying to do. It's just I'm being obedient. Yeah. I just want to be obedient to God who's given me everything. Right. And I'm going to serve. Yeah. And and when you do that, there's a satisfaction in it like mm-hmm. nothing else. Yeah. We need to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation around service, servanthood, and what it means to follow through with our call in Christ. This is Lifeline on KFAX. Your guest host, Larry Howard, our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland with you this evening with our guest host, Larry Howard from Truth For Today. It is the uh, fourth Friday around here at KFAX, which means uh, Craig Roberts has graciously given up his seat. Uh, yeah, never mind the guy taped behind me in the closet. That's not <laughs> that, That's not Craig. No, that's don't. That's not. <laughs> he gives us the fourth Friday and what a joy it is to spend time with you. And we've been discussing just uh, some of the things going on at Valley Bible Church here in Hercules and some of the opportunities to serve and what it means to serve. And uh, as we're closing out our last segment, Larry, you were discussing the fact that um, it is a it's a selfless joy. Uh, if if at any point during our journey through this area of service and being a servant, we start to look for accolades, we're starting to crawl up the wrong tree, aren't we? We are, for sure. I mean, even if you get those, it's like we said earlier in the previous one, even if you get accolades, that is the wrong purpose for doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's supposed to be for love for the Savior. Because I... I have this habit that I've formed. I remember being in uh, Brooklyn at Jim Semblis Church, and um, I was there, and they were serving us some food. It was a worship conference, but he was there, and I met him, and we were talking a little bit, and people were coming up from his church. They were serving food, and they were doing, you know, and it's a rather big church. And so, and I remember him saying this line to some of the people as he warmly smiled, shook their hand and said, thank you so much for serving the Lord and what you're doing. Yeah. 
And I think when we get that skewed, when we get that skewed, I've, I've tried to adopt that myself. I want to thank you for serving the Lord and the people of Valley Bible, but the Lord first. Yeah. And then the people, because you don't serve me. No. You know I mean, there's like a aspect that that's true, but not you're not serving the senior pastor or the lead pastor or the executive pastor. You're serving the Lord. Ultimately. When you've done this to the least of me, then no, you've oh, done it unto me. That's the sermon this week. Yeah. Coming up. You know, when you've done it to the least. Yeah. Well, when, when did we do that for you? Yeah. Oh, when you did it for any of my children. Right. You've done it to me. Yeah. And so and and I think when you can get that thought in your mind, the work aspect goes away. It's a party. It is. And that's what these ladies that I just mentioned earlier on the previous segment, that's what's so interesting to me. And we have a, a one of our deacons that does all of our, he, he heads up tons of our landscape stuff, plantings and all that. Now, he doesn't take care of the daily. We got a guy that we that happens to be on our staff that does that. But this guy comes out every week, plants new plants, and is always designing and figuring out what the new things that we can do and you know, he owns his own business and does rather well, and he's a little bit older than me, and he's still out here every weekend. You see him here on every Saturday. The elders pray on Saturdays, and when we come out, he's always here and right. never asks for anything. Yeah. I mean, just doesn't. And I'm like, your reward, there's a joy that I think is a temporal reward that we're all right here. Right. There's a joy of knowing that I'm being obedient. I'm doing what God wants me to do. Um, I've figured out what my spiritual gift is, and I'm functioning in that, and the entire body is benefiting from it. Yeah. So we have, the, so we have these ladies that we mentioned earlier, and then, and then I just mentioned uh, Wayne Moore, who's our one of our deacons that helps take care of the landscaping. And like I said before, I I need to stop mentioning names because then I can get myself in trouble by not mentioning everybody. But there's multiple people at the church that do these things behind the scenes that nobody's even aware of. And um, I know one young lady that um, helped with our uh, summer night camp stuff that and, and um, I believe, I don't know if she actually worked in our kitchen or not, during summer night camp but for instance she fed all of the workers ahead of yeah on her own dime wow so whatever the food costs were whatever that was she paid for all of that individually Whoa. yeah so that's you know those kind of things god will see those mm-hmm. but what joy you get in this life by being obedient. When do you, have you ever been obedient to God and not found joy in it? I, I was just going to say, you know, I, I, my my father always told me, and I'm sure everyone else has probably heard this colloquialism, if I can get that word out, uh, find a job you love, you never work a day in your life. And to which I respond, well, not only have I never worked for the last 48 years, um, I uh, I've been on vacation. Yeah. My work isn't work. It's a joy. Right. And I, I we just finished up um, up home at our church. I, I, I just finished up chapter 5. And that is where in John chapter 5, Jesus is first really accosted with this idea of breaking the Sabbath. <laughs> which it's like, well, you know, you're working on the Sabbath. And if you go through and look at this, he's not. Mm-mm. It's a joy. 
Right. He, he's not going to work a day in his life. What right. he is doing is a joy, and that puts it in a whole new category. And I, I think that's one of the keys to all of this. People tend to want to take that word servant and associate it in a negative way with, with, with work, uh, indenturement, indentured slavery, all of these bad words. And, right. and that's not what this is, is it? No, it is not. It's not. And it's interesting how God does that right yeah. i mean like i've said this to several people god's going to ask you to serve in an area that fits you so well you're it's you're, you're going to find so Hand much you're going to enjoy it yeah. so much i i don't think he's ever in my life for sure i don't think i've ever done one act of service for the lord where i didn't feel like it was fun and was having a good time doing it yeah now what i'm doing today um as a as an executive pastor and preaching every th- I, I preach every third week all of that um you know seven eight years ago if you had told me that i'd be doing this i'd say no that's not where my gifting is i'm, I'm an encourager yeah but you know but here i am mm-hmm. and i think that's a key to service too yeah is you have to god does not force you to do it no he just no, it, doesn't it, and so it's here you can have complete joy if you just would be obedient to what yeah. I'm asking you to do. And so I've given you gifts. I've given you the ability to do. And what is amazing to me, I've never run into anybody yet who said that the gift, they figured out what their spiritual gift is and they hate it. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say that. Ever. You don't talk to many pastors then, do you? Well, that, well I, I happen to be one. I know there are times where it feels there like There is that. a love-hate relationship <laughs> yeah. there. Is, you, yeah. No, there it, there it certainly is, can be, that's for it, sure. It is a, a thrill and a joy, to be sure. But it yeah, is. I just think, and I think even in that, I know that's kind of a comical thing that you're saying there, but I yeah. think even in that, when you start to feel like it's a drudgery to do your job as a pastor... You need a break. You do. You need some rest. And um, I'm not saying you need to stop being a pastor because that's what God has you doing. But I think you need a break. I think you need some time where you can get alone with the Lord for one because you probably are losing that time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, um, you know, I really believe that if you're praying and you're in the word because pastors, I'll speak to them right now. If your only time of praying or being in the word is when you're going to preach. Mm hmm. And you're not doing that for your own benefit, like your own relationship with God has to be nurtured. It has to be cultivated. And um, you've got a willing participant on the other side of that to cultivate and do that. But I would just say by encouragement to pastors is I know that um, there's a lot of work that we do that no one ever sees. And uh, most of the time um, when you get a card, or a letter from people, it's not necessarily an encouragement one. Nope. Um, so I have a file on encouraging cards and letters that I've received in ministry, not just as a pastor. And um, it would it doesn't even take up a full section in a filing cabinet. Right. But those are more precious to me than any other letters I've ever received. And yeah. I don't save the negative ones. I don't. I don't save those. I, even if they're comical. I don't save them. But I think that for pastors, I think there's a, did God call you to this? Yeah. And if he's done, if he's called you to this, was it Lloyd-Jones that said, if he's called you to be, uh, to preach, why would you stoop to be a king? King, yeah. I think it was Lloyd-Jones that said that. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so true. And 
and um, I was I would say I definitely had my get knocked off the donkey on the Damascus Road moment. Yeah, where all of a sudden I'm doing this, and I'm like, why Why am I doing this, Lord? Yeah, yeah. and like I guess you needed somebody weak enough that you could show how strong you are because I'm right. definitely that guy. But what a what a privilege. So now I'm looking at the better side of my life, and I'm thinking, well, I only got a few more years left to do this, probably. And I'm like, what am I going to do that even compares? There's nothing that compares to no, service. And there really isn't. So. Nothing. Quick time out. When we come back, we will continue our conversation with Pastor Larry Howard, our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 